Today's episode of Locked On MLB is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming a Major League Baseball general manager and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up at the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. And now it's time for Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who is about to begin his fifth season as a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Uh, follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm on Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And on today, which is the 20th day of March, 2023, we're officially in late March. And you know what that means. Opening day is right around the corner. And you know what it means because it's a Monday. I got Mr. Bajakaloop right over there. There he is. Introduce yourself, Millard. Well, my name is Millard. Thomas, host of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. You can follow me on Twitter for my personal account at Creator Thomas24. You can also follow the show account just by looking up on both Twitter, Instagram, Lockdown Dimebacks. And please, 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 we're slowly approaching 400 subscribers on the Locked On Dimebacks YouTube channel. So please hit subscribe on there as well. That's right. And we're approaching 1 billion followers Whew. at the Lockdown MLB. We're several hundred million short, but I think we could, we could, bring in the delta hey uh we got a bunch of things to talk about i want to address one thing right away i'm going to try to address this as quickly under a minute hey uh last week i acknowledged we talked a long time about the oscars probably a little bit too much it happens to be an obsession of mine uh and i know not everyone's a big fan but uh i just you know once a year just i'm sorry just indulge when we talk about it a little bit the show is a lot of fun but it did kind of remind me um I, you know, I sometimes get flack for my love of the Oscars. If someone loves something and it's not harming you, don't ever pull the whole, what you like, stupid. I mean, people say that to me as a baseball fan. Someone asked me, don't you find baseball boring? Yeah. I said, well, I do a podcast about it all year long for over a decade, so obviously no. And just because you don't like something doesn't mean you should try to prevent someone else from liking it. There's so much crap going on in this world that's sad and depressing and divisive. When you see someone liking and having fun with something, it's not harming anyone. Let them like it. Which brings us to the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, look it. Uh, I, I am. I'm gonna, full disclosure. When, if you listened to me ten years ago. When the World Baseball Classic was going, I think it was the first one in 2013. It had no bigger opponent than me, uh, mainly because Bud Selig thought of it, and Bud Selig is my kryptonite. But uh, it also, you know, the first couple of times they tried it, it, 
they were spring training games. That's all that there was no energy to them. Um, and people say, when you go there, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, when I go to a Little League game, that's fun too. But, I mean, I, I was really against it, and I, and, and I was completely guilty. Excuse me as I scratch my nose. Completely guilty of being one of those people who trashed it and, tr- and poo-pooed people who try to get into it. But uh, as Allison, the infield fly girl, was on the show, uh, she's a big fan of the WBC, and she started turning me around on it. And I got to say, I can't claim I'm a huge WBC fan right now, but there's been some exciting baseball. There's been some good stuff happening. And do you know what? Anything that makes the sandbox of baseball bigger and more part of the world and has people enjoying going to the freaking game and watching a game, do you know what? Let them have fun mm-hmm. with it. And people are having fun with it. There have been exciting games. You got the Trey Turner Grand Slam. You got the wild game in you know, New Mexico, and it was Mexico and Venezuela the other day. You got Cuba playing the United States in a few minutes. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. People are getting into it, and you're seeing the ratings are high. Not that I care much about ratings, but you see more people are watching it and more people are attending it and there's more energy in it. And do you know what? I'm all for anything that brings about more baseball and more people enjoying it. Yeah. And we're, you know, in the preseason, in the spring training season of the baseball schedule, we're actually getting to watch meaningful baseball games that actually matter to these players on a high stakes level. And the discourse just surrounding the WBC, I think some of it has some merit. I just feel like we've gone to the extremes when it comes to the discourse, when you're saying these games have no importance. Why are there any real major league players playing in these games? They are absolutely meaningless. That's where I think the discourse just goes a little bit too far, because I do think there's mayor too maybe you see like the edward diaz the jose altuve's right your star players your hundred million dollar plus players getting injured there is some merit to you know what do i want to send my best players to the wbc where they could potentially get hurt i think that's a real question maybe owners and front office people and gms will have but at the same time you don't look at the fifa world cup as like some extracurricular activity where these players could get hurt or the olympics where you know you send your basketball players and your best athletes and those guys get hurt because those there's so injuries in fifa and there's injuries in the olympics and when those players get hurt, when Paul George broke his leg in the Olympic basketball a few years ago, we didn't say we need to shut down Olympic basketball and it can no longer be played because our stars are getting hurt. We said it was a one-off freak accident, freak injury, and we're going to keep playing because guess what? These players care about the pride and playing for their country. And we have uh, the Olympics mean something to us. I think that's where we aren't at with the WBC yet. I don't think it's entered that national consciousness where Everyone really cares about it on the same level of a FIFA and Olympics. And that's because the WBC is still pretty young. And it's, you know, this is only the third WBC that they've ever had. So I think after a few more years, I think hopefully the the extremes on the discourse will change because these players to the players, these games do mean a lot. They want to play for the pride of their country. And it's cool to see a stacked Venezuelan lineup go against Team USA and seeing those two lineups really slug it out. So. I think for the discourse surrounding the WBC has gone too far. I do think there's some merit as to whether you want to send your best players to play these games, knowing that they could be hurt. But 
the players want to. They want to be there. They want to compete. And isn't that what you want from your athletes in sports? Like you want to see them compete in high stakes games on the on the highest level. Like that's what the WBC is trying to do during the time of the baseball schedule when we're not getting important games, when it's just spring training. We actually get to watch playoff level baseball in March. I think that's a great time. Uh, look at a big difference, and I this is I talked about this ten years ago, and I complained about it. Big difference between the World Cup and the Olympics and the WBC is those first two mean something, and they have meant something. Those roots are very deep. Yeah. Now, maybe the roots are starting to go deeper into the ground with the WBC now, and maybe it's starting. You know, I'm never going to tell someone that they shouldn't get excited about. It. I'm not going to tell the players what. I don't know what it's like to play for my country, okay? I do value Major League Baseball more than anything, and the fact of the matter is is I've always felt the system that baseball has, which is they take players from all around the world to be in their – to play on the highest level possible. You know, players – you know, Otani – and players from the Caribbean and players from Venezuela and players from Australia and players from Korea and players from all around the United States come play Major League Baseball. It's the highest level, kind of like the Premier League, where they get people from all around the world to play, you know, to play soccer in Europe. But we're seeing that the players are starting to care more and more. Mm-hmm. And maybe eventually it will get to that point. The only injury I think there's any sort of merit talking about because, I mean, people could get hurt in a spring training game. People could get hurt washing Jeff Kent's car. You know, I think that there's the one, the Diaz injury is the only one that I think has any merit for discussion on this because he wouldn't be jumping up and down and celebrating a spring training game in March the way he celebrated this year. But I'll also put that in the fluke category. How many times in the history of baseball have we seen a massive injury take place during a celebration? Kendris Morales. Mm -hmm. And that's the only one other one I could think of. Yeah, it's pretty fluky. You don't see it too often. So it's like, I don't know. I think maybe there's a way where front offices could decide and maybe put in a player's contract if you want them to go play in the WBC and if they get hurt, then it's like some injury exception where maybe you don't pay the salary. But I think it should be on a case-by-case basis and make it voluntary because, yes, there is a little merit to seeing your best players go play in an extracurricular activity where they're not exactly getting paid. But also, don't you want to see your players compete at the best level? And it's a great ramp-up time. These guys are going to be off and running once a regular season comes around. They're already going to have their adrenaline spiking. And the idea of adding, you know, we talk, we're going to talk about later, you know, making the cases against NL teams not making the postseason. A team like the Dodgers that saw a lot of talent leave their team this year, having Mookie Betts just inserted right into your lineup after coming off this WBC run, I think he's going to be a huge spark to that Dodgers team to start the season. Anything that gets people excited about baseball is positive. It's positive because I love baseball. If it gets people around the world more excited about it, it gets people excited about it now at this point in the year and ramps up for the season. You know what? I it, it I'm you know I I can't sit here and tell you that I am I have WBC fever, but maybe I will the next time. But I'll tell you something else. Do you know what flopped badly? Hmm. What sporting event flopped badly the first few years they tried it? The what? Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Super Bowl one. If you wanted tickets to Super Bowl one, you would go to the L.A. Coliseum day of the game and say one, please. And you'd have a ticket. Plenty of seats available. 
and it was considered to be a joke. The much better NFL clobbering the inferior AFL. It was considered to be uh, it, it was it was a shrug. Do you? It also was a huge flop when they tried to do it. The league championship series in baseball. The the first three ALCSs were busts. Sweep, 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 sweep. Only one team that lost the ALCS the first three attempts at it didn't get swept. Hmm. And they won, They lost in four because that's back when it was best of five. And doing my research on my 72 book, the 72 postseason was the first year that the league championship series was anything other than a complete shrug. But it was a shrug. And the first few times they tried the World Baseball Classic was a shrug. But now, oh, it's starting to get a little juice to it. Yeah. It's starting to get a little energy to it. And what I'm fascinated seeing by having more people interested in it, and of course, maybe it isn't super huge in America. It's getting a little bit bigger. But maybe that international interest that's happening could pile into the interest of Major League Baseball and vice versa. And do you know what? Anything that promotes the sport is okay by me. Yeah, and I could see it continue to grow in popularity because I think the most important thing when you look at these big world events like the FIFA and the Olympics, I think the most important thing is what's the level of talent that you're inputting on these teams. And you look across all these WBC teams, like they're fully loaded with stars in baseball. The Venezuelan lineup, the Puerto Rican lineup, Team USA. You got legit stars up and down these rosters. And I think that's the best thing that could happen for the WBC right now. So I think this is only going to grow in popularity. Like right now, I ask my friends who work at Chase Field, it's impossible to get WBC tickets. They cannot hook me up. Those tickets go for a good amount of money. And right. those they, they, these Chase Field is more packed right now than once the regular season starts because the D-backs, unfortunately, are not going to get home crowds like they're getting right now for these WBC games. So people are coming out to watch these WBC, D, uh, WBC games. Chase Field is full. And I think it's going to continue to grow in popularity knowing you have – Lineups and rosters loaded with premier MLB stars on these lineups and rosters. Well, yeah. And think about being a GM putting together those teams, how much fun it would be to sort of get oh. the best of the best there. You know, it's, I always fantasize about being a general manager. When I was a kid, I had my little pretend teams that I would have with my baseball cards. And later, I had my little digital diamond hand uh, playing baseball games. Later, I had hardball on my Macintosh. I've always fantasized about being a general manager. And now there's the easiest yet most thorough way to do it. I'm completely out of my mind crazy for Ultimate Baseball GM. It's our new partner. It's a sponsor of today's episode, but I play it anyway. And guess what? You can create uh, – some people like to use, like, like real name franchises. I've always liked to have my made-up names, my own pretend leagues, uh, I, you know, and – the team I have right now is the Honolulu Waves because Ooh. why not? I have my team playing in Honolulu and, and I want them to win. Uh, and it's, you know, it's so much fun. And every aspect of the game, you can play through the season. You can lead your team to glory. So far, the Honolulu Waves don't look so good. But I can make trades. I can fire the manager. I can scout, draft players, go to international free agents. And you can set up the franchise exactly the way you want it in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable online. Play, play as you go. Play as you want. Play on the bus. Do whatever you want with it. 
Locked on MLB listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the in-game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app store. That's progm.com. Ultimate baseball GM. I love it so much, it couldn't even come out of my mouth. Start your dynasty today. All right, folks. We have talked about the World Baseball Classic. We've talked about the Honolulu Waves. Yeah. But let's talk about the oldest surviving baseball league out there, and that is the National League of Baseball Clubs. It's been around since the 19th century. Some of the teams that are contending are still playing in the same city. But the National League last year, who are the teams that got in? Atlanta won the East. Uh, St. Louis won the Central. Lest we forget, Los Angeles had their greatest regular season ever. ever. And they won uh, They won as many games in the postseason as, what, 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 as the Mets. The Mets and Dodgers and Braves, the 300-win teams, combined for three postseason wins last year. Uh, Philadelphia, of course, somehow went on to the World Series, and San Diego came three games short. Now, a lot of predictions are going on, and including, and I'm about to make my official picks pretty soon. Oh, and and right now, I'm not saying they're my official picks, but I have those six teams all coming back. Yeah, I still think Atlanta is an excellent team. By the way. I praised the Mets when I had Ryan Finkelstein on the show. And I, and I have to address this, too. I had Ryan Finkelstein on the show, and the second I hit publish, Edwin Diaz got hurt. Yeah. And I and I, oh, and I actually texted him and said, should we do another one? Uh, because it was a very effusive Mets show. But I had someone uh, – uh, I'll address this because I'm doing a, a, a listener mail episode. But someone accused me of being pro-Mets because I said I think they're going to win the division, that that means I'm anti-Braves. I think the Braves are going to win 100 games this year. I'm not anti-Braves. I think both the Mets and the Braves are going to win 100 games this year. Um, San Diego is great. St. Louis is the best of that division. Philadelphia won the pennant last year and I think are better this year. And, um, you know, St. Louis is the best in the division. L.A., who am I missing? Philly, St. Louis. Okay, those are the six. <laughs> L.A., San Diego. Philly, Atlanta, New York, St. Louis. Those six. Yep. I think they're all going to come back. That's kind of dull. Yeah, it's boring, but that's how I feel too because, I mean, I know we're going to make the arguments to against these teams, but it, it's hard to prop up a non-playoff team from last year and make the argument for them to take over someone else that made the playoffs from last year. Like, I'm a big D-backs guy, of course. I think the D-backs have a chance to make the wild card this year, but it's hard for me to definitively make an argument over someone else that made the playoffs from last year because I think there's still a gap between the D-backs and someone else, the Giants and someone else, the Brewers and someone else. So it's hard to make the argument for one of these non-playoff teams to jump one of the playoff teams from last year. Okay, so let's break this down. we got six playoff teams from last year. Let's conceive of mm-hmm. a scenario for all not you know for each team why they're gonna miss the playoffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um let's start with the defending champs, the Philadelphia Phillies. Oof. Now keep in mind they won the pennant last year 
And they didn't win 88 games. They were an 87-win team. Um, truth be told, remember, they started the season, they were 22-9 and nine under Joe, 22-29 and 29 under Joe Girardi. So for the first few months, they were pretty bad. And then they were nearly 20 games above 500 with Rob Thompson as the interim manager. And I believe they removed the interim tab. Winning a pennant goes a long way for doing that. Um, they've improved the team. Uh, the biggest move, of course, being Trey Turner. Uh, is he, They've inserted Trey Turner instead of uh, Bryson Stott and Didi Gregorius and you know, some who so they had a they had a, a flurry of not exactly uh, uh, jaw dropping shortstops, and now they have Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to keep Philadelphia from getting back to the postseason? Yeah, maybe it's the lack of the Bryce Harper effect because we know he started the season with Tommy John. He might miss half the year, and he was by far and away their best offensive player from last year, um, coming off the MVP season two years ago, and maybe just missing that energy in the middle of the lineup because for long stretches during the postseason, it was a lot of Bryce Harper or a bust when it came to, to that Philadelphia Phillies offense, and I feel like the spark plug that Bryce Harper is, the energy that he carries, the gravitas, the gravity that he has in your lineup. Kyle Schwarber is still a beast he's gonna hit 40 plus home runs probably again trey turner is one of the best shortstops in major league baseball but bryce harper is the glue he's the catalyst in that lineup and maybe missing him could be the difference between making it and not making it because their lineup was still good last year and it still only led to 88 89 wins so maybe not having that extra superstar in your lineup this year and you're still not getting a bounce back maybe from a nick castellanos maybe bryson stott doesn't hit that ceiling like you might have expected coming into the year then you're missing bryce harper maybe it's a combination of thing because for a lot of these playoff teams it's probably not just going to be one variable they point to to as to the reason why they don't make it. it's probably going to be a combination of things so maybe the lack of Bryce Harper, Bryson Stott not missing, uh, not hitting his ceiling, along with a couple of other things as well. Yeah, and, and there's also the possibility. I mean, they're bringing in, they brought in Kimbrel, they brought in Strom, they brought in some pitchers for the bullpen, and they brought in Taiwan Walker. But you know, there there is a possibility that this team's pitching staff may not uh, fire on all cylinders. Aaron Nola, obviously, you know, you had Aaron Nola, and you had you had you know Zach Wheeler last year. Yep were, I mean, Wheeler, lest we forget, Wheeler pitched quite well in the postseason and, and including the game where they got eliminated. He was, it was one nothing going into six with Wheeler on the mound. Um, you know, they lost Kyle Gibson, who had an up and down year, but when he was up, he was very effective. You know, obviously he had some very deep valleys on that team. But, you know, Sir Anthony Dominguez is still hanging around. But they're, they have a pitching staff, which is potentially good, but also potentially takes a step back. And you could really make the argument it's the fourth best pitching staff in the division. Even with the injury to Diaz, and we'll get to the Mets in a second, the Mets have a ton of good starters. Obviously, Atlanta is stocked. And even after trading away Lopez, the Marlins have the Cy Young Award winner and several other pretty darn good pitchers in their rotation. You could easily make the case that Philadelphia is the fourth fourth best pitching staff in the National League, and maybe part of the the you know the burst of energy that they had that got them to the World Series had to do with the, the relieving the tension of Joe Girardi not being there. But also remember, this is as much to do with Milwaukee. 
We'll get to mm-hmm. this and say, in fact, we'll do St. Louis next. Okay. But this has much to do with Milwaukee because Milwaukee, you know, wet the bed the final two months of the season and missed the playoffs by a single game behind Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, the Phillies, yeah, they went to the, the World Series last year and they made some improvements, but they were perilously close to be playing golf the minute the calendar turned to October and the playoffs began. So I think Philadelphia, if you want to make a case that they'll be the National League team that won't fit in, I think a strong case can be made there. Okay, I like that. Lack of Bryce Harper and lack of rotation depth because if Wheeler or Nola goes down with injury for like two months, like I don't know what you do in that situation. All of a sudden, Taiwan Walker's your number two and then it's a whole bunch of just uh, random dudes in the rest of that rotation. Like the fact that we had like a Zach Eflin bidding war this offseason tells you like I I don't know what level of importance he was to the Philadelphia Phillies. So they might be just one rotation injury away from not making the postseason. All right, let's move to St. Louis because remember St. Louis was up two nothing going to the ninth inning of that first game of the wild card series when they had a bizarre collapse, and suddenly the feel good story of Albert Pujols getting back to the World Series as a Cardinal kind of sort of didn't happen. Um, they finished seven games, seven freaking games ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers, um, and some stalwarts uh, are not coming back like Albert Pujols and and. Um, Yadier Molina. Um, they had it obviously. They uh, with Oliver Marmol, they had a solid season, winning 93 games. And I think they're they're a pretty solid bet to win the division again. But lest we forget, they didn't run away with it too much last year. That they, you know, they had a mediocre middle part of the summer last year. And at one point, I'm, I'm, I'm over at BaseballReference.com, the single website in the history of the planet Earth. And um, they were, for, you know, they were, they trailed Milwaukee by like five games at one point. And mm-hmm. they were not in first place by themselves until the early August. You know, lest we forget, Milwaukee was in first place for most of the season last year. Yeah, for St. Louis, to me, I just feel like they're kind of top-heavy. I'm not sure they have the overall depth of talent that I'm looking for because, of course, you got Paul Goldschmidt, who's coming off the MVP season. You got Nolan Arenado, who's another top-three guy. But you look at the rest of the lineup, does anyone really scare you? Like, Albert Pujols was kind of important to that Cardinals team last year. Like, Tyler O'Neill had a pretty down season. I'm not really scared of the Tommy Edmonds of the world. We'll see if Nolan Gorman could do it. And the same thing with the rotation. Like, Adam Wainwright, I guess he's coming back. He's like 41 years old. Miles Mikolas, I like him, but he's also a mid-30s guy. And then after those two, I guess you got Jordan Montgomery. Then you look at the bullpen. I think after your top two relievers, it gets pretty thin as well. I feel like in every phase of this Cardinals team, from lineup to rotation to bullpen, you could point to two to three really high-end level players at those certain spots in those teams. And then the rest of the depth, I think it's just overall kind of weak. So I think this Cardinals team is too top-heavy. And if one of those guys like a Goldschmidt, a Wainwright, maybe one of their top relievers gets hurt, I think it will be a huge blow to this Cardinals team. I don't think they have the depth to withstand injury. Yeah, in fact, remind me, you did, it was either last week or the week before, you and I were talking about which team has their the budding core four. Mm-hmm. And I brought up St. Lou because they have, you know, the they have goals, they have the top two MVP, you know, uh, finalists last year. Um, but then you're right, it was off a cliff yeah. after that. that. To use a Diamondbacks analogy, 
It was Johnson and Schilling and, ooh, who's ooh. Uh, Albi Lopez? Ooh, uh, wow. Oh, Batista? Uh, the, did I mention uh, did I mention Johnson and Schilling? Um, you know, you're right. You have your two MVPs there. And we're also going to see what the Molina effect is. Because mm-hmm. Molina has been there since called third strike on Carlos Beltran. The glue. Okay. And he has actually been there early. He was actually a reserve catcher in the 04 pennant winner in the 05 uh, team that went to the NLCS. But he's been their glue behind the plate since 2006. And he's no longer, he's not going to be there now. And the Cardinals have had a revolving door of solid pitchers who magically seem to pitch well whenever they arrive in St. Louis. And we're going to see how much of that was Yadier Molina. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, save for the stars at the top, aren't sort of, you know, held together by yarn and glue. Um, We'll see, especially if we see that, you know, I know I've said this already, but Milwaukee was the team for most of the year. And then they gave up. So we'll see. We'll see how they get themselves together. All right, let's move on to okay we've done philadelphia we've done the two kind of easier ones now we got la san diego uh atlanta and new york let's do the mets right now um what's going to keep the mets from making the postseason and causing the entire borough of queens to uh have a mental breakdown yeah, I mean, I think the obvious answer for the Mets, it just has to be age, right? Your two frontline starters are arguably the two best in Major League Baseball, but they're mm-hmm. also both 40 years old. And we've seen Max Scherzer last season in and out the lineup with injury. Even Justin Verlander, he had a fantastic season, but there was, what, a month that he did miss, a month and a half, and he's not mm-hmm. that far removed from Tommy John surgery. So both of these two dudes, despite them being like the oldest pitchers in baseball, are still at the peak of their game somehow, but they're also at any point their knees could just go at them. Like they're at the, they're at that age where at any point they could wake up and their knee is just bad. They just can't walk anymore. So I think it just has to be age with that rotation when it comes to the Mets, because I think their lineup will be fine. I think their lineup could sustain injury. I mean, we're going to see Edwin Diaz out, so we'll see how big of that blow it is to the bullpen. But I think it has to be the rotation, because the rotation was probably the strength of the Mets last season with their depth, and then they lost some depth this season. And they lost maybe the heartbeat of that rotation, Jacob DeGrom, but you replaced him with Verlander. But Verlander's old, and he's not injury-prone, but he can miss some time, Scherzer as well. And then we'll see what happens if one of those two dudes do get hurt. They got the guy from overseas, Senga. We'll see. He's a huge X factor in that rotation. Right. But I think it has to be age and injury concerns with the two Scherzers and Verlanders of the world. We say that Verlander's not injury-prone, yet he missed the entire 2020 and 2021 season. He combined for one game in those. Now, he bookended it with Cy Young seasons. Um, yeah, that's it's, pretty, that's pretty nice. you know, But you've already seen – look, at the year Diaz had last year, I mean, can we just appreciate – he struck out 118 batters in uh, 62 innings. That's okay? incredible. That's yeah. nearly two strikeouts an inning. He also walked 18 batters all year, okay? Uh, He let up nine runs all year. Yeah. I think the save doesn't tell us anything because I don't know if it's a one-run game or a three-run game, but his ERA was 1.13. I mean, not he only and he threw with great control. Like I mean, notice I I noticed eighteen walks 
in 62 innings. So you want a good strikeout to walk ratio, 118 strikeouts to 18 walks. That's not bad. But also two wild pitches and two hit by batters, two hit by pitches. So he he throws, he comes out and just throws strikes with a trumpeter. And they they're gonna have to deal with that. Jose Quintana is injured. We're not sure what we're gonna get from him. You know, DeGrom is gone, obviously. Scherzer and Verlander could be the best one-two punch we've seen since Johnson and Schilling, if they can reach back and each give us one more a season. But you saw, even by the end of the year, and trust me, Scherzer had a wonderful year last year. He made 23 starts. He pitched 145 innings. And he looked kind of sort of gassed against San Diego. Yeah, he didn't look good in the playoffs. No, and, and he's he's a year older. And so... Time is undefeated. Oh, and I haven't the, heard that one before. The, uh, the, <laughs> you know, the, the path for the Mets to miss the postseason is the, you look at, I, we don't have the rights to the Rolling Stones, but time is not on their side. No, mm. it isn't. No, it isn't. But I'll tell you, if you're going to bet against the Mets, oh. you know what? You may have to. You, you may be at risk because they got so much talent on that team. And if you're going to make any bets, though, go to FanDuel. Look at the NCAA tournament is heating up, and nobody has a perfect bracket anymore. Imagine if I put all my money on was it Farley Dickinson? I didn't really had a basketball team, and they were they they advanced. It's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Customers get a no sweat first bet. Up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets at a larger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Go there to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. Let's go on FanDuel. It's fun. Let me tell you something, Millard. We still have the Braves, Dodgers, and the Padres. And you know what? I think that's going to be too much to cover in this episode. So why don't we just sort of reconvene, come back tomorrow, and we'll break down the reasons why those three teams could miss October. And make sure to listen to that episode, which we're going to be dropping tomorrow. By the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Hey, Miller Thomas, tell people where they can listen to your show. Hey, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked On Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. Just type it in the little search bar to follow this show account. And please hit subscribe on the Locked On Dimebacks YouTube channel or wherever you're streaming your podcast like Locked On MLB. Yep, follow us. Did I mention where to go? Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter, Instagram, Sully Baseball Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast. I can't remember. Can't remember. I'm so I'm so focused on the World Baseball Classic right now. Hey, uh, telling you to like what you like and wondering which contenders 
are going to fall short in the National League. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's Miller Thomas. Don't call him Sully. Call me Sully. Fist bump.